Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. This is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast author, teacher, speaker, and award-winning lawyer mediator, Mr. Doug Knoll. How are you, man? Hey, Stone, I am great. How are you today? You're in Georgia, I'm in California. (laughs) I am enjoying every little bit of today, and I have so been looking forward to, to visiting with you. I've got a ton of questions. We won't get to them all, but maybe a good place to start would be mission purpose. What, what are you out there really trying to do for folks? I uh, am a lawyer turned peacemaker stone, and I left the practice of law 22 years ago to devote myself to serving humanity. And the way that I do that today is by teaching people how to deescalate angry people in less than 90 seconds. Imagine if somebody were just screaming at you and you could calm them down, utterly calm them down in 90 seconds or less. What would that be worth to you? A ton. <laughs> what that's, a fabulous that, That's skillset. what I do. Wow. So I've got the I've got the I've got the hack to do it. <laughs> so was there a, a catalytic moment that compelled you to go in this direction, or did it sort of evolve over time, uh, ex- uh, exiting the practice and going into this? It evolved over uh, about a ten-year period from the mid nineteen eighties when I took up the martial arts to when I finally had the realization that being a trial lawyer was not my calling. I was a really good trial lawyer, but uh, through a a whole variety of circumstances, I realized that I wasn't serving people as a trial lawyer. And so I went back to school mid-career and earned my master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies. And that's when I started thinking about leaving the practice of law. And then finally my partners pushed me out. (laughs) (laughs) And and in November of 2000, I opened up my own mediation and peacemaking practice. Wow, what a fantastic story. So are you finding that that people are, are sometimes more emotional than rational, or is it very case specific? What's well, your experience on that? This is my this is my one of my major teaching points is that we've been fed alive for four thousand years that we're rational beings. Um, the truth is, from neuroscience, is that we're 98% emotional and only 2% rational. And all conflict is emotional. All fights and arguments are emotional. And as I tell my students, you cannot solve an emotional problem with logic. It doesn't work. You've got to use emotional tools to solve emotional problems. And that, when you get that insight, everything shifts. What looked like chaos before now makes perfect sense because you can just see, hey, they're not, they're just being emotional. I know how to deal with that. So what kind of folks are attending these classes and trying to, to tap into your work? I have taught these skills to inmates serving life sentences in maximum security prisons. Hmm. And I have taught senior analysts at the Congressional Budget Office how to de-escalate members of Congress and staff. Wow. Pretty, pretty broad range. <laughs> that, that, that is a range. And, and is the, the methodology, the, the, the strategy, is, can you really do it in 90 seconds? Is that- you, act, you actually can. Um, I discovered this technique, and I can even describe the technique for you. It's no Please. great secret. 
Um, I discovered it in 2005 when my back was up against a wall in a really difficult mediation. And then two years later, a brain scanning study came out of UCLA that showed what happens in the brain when you do this thing. It's called the technical term is called affect labeling. And uh, then there was the science that supported what I discovered. And then I, I recognized how foundational and profound this was and just started teaching it. And then I've spent the last 13 years, as I said, acid testing it in maximum security prisons, training inmates how to be peacemakers and mediators in uh, prisons around the world. And and it's, it works like a charm. You, I mean, it it's because it's bio, it's biophysiologically based, it cannot fail. And here's how you do it. Really simple. Ignore the words. Read the emotions. And reflect back the emotions with a you statement. So I would say something like, oh, Stone, man, you are really pissed off. You're really angry. You're frustrated. You don't feel respected. You feel insulted. You're completely ignored. And you're a little embarrassed and sad. And you're worried and anxious. And you're sad and distressed and upset by all of this. And You know, at the bottom, you feel completely abandoned by everybody that you trusted. And just doing that, just saying words like that, inhibits the emotional circuits of the brain and act, activates a part of the brain called the right ventral lateral prefrontal cortex, which is our executive function. So you're literally lending your prefrontal cortex to this angry person for the 90 seconds it takes for that person's brain to calm down and get back online. It works like a charm every single time. Well, it, it, I'm sure that would be incredibly powerful. I mean, I wasn't even angry, and you sort of disarmed me. That's right. <laughs> and believe me, I— exactly. <laughs> But I mean, how do you? Yeah. So, so there is uh, exercising this strategy and, and applying it in, in concert with just the way the universe and, and people are wired. Do you also find patterns that you see over and over that that make the situation worse? That maybe some sometimes we just we engage in unconsciously that just exacerbate the situation. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, we humans have a very limited repertoire of responses to conflict and to emotions i mean to the untrained eye it looks like it's all chaos and confusion and you know craziness but once you've learned this stuff you can now see that the patterns keep repeating themselves and there are there are three patterns that that we see over and over again uh the first is emotional invalidation so you remember when you were two years old and you're out running around you fell down and skinned your knee what were you told Suck it up. Don't yeah. cry. Put <laughs> right. on your big boy pants. You know, don't be a girly girl. Don't be a sissy. Same thing for the girls. And that's called emotional invalidation. It's the most invasive, uh, insidious and pervasive form of abuse that exists. And it happens in every single family, even by the most loving parents. They don't even know they're doing it. And it, it literally rots out the brain. I mean, the brain scanning studies are pretty amazing to show how emotional invalidation devastates a child's brain. But it happens everywhere. and that's the first one. The second problem is that we go to problem solving. So maybe you're with an angry, emotional person and you say, well, if you would just do it this way. And problem solving is a form of emotional invalidation. Basically, what happens in problem solving and emotional invalidation is the listener is trying to soothe his or her own anxiety around the upset that the other person has. And they're doing it unconsciously. And it's like the, the brain is saying, if you would just stop being, being emotional, I'll feel better about myself. I won't have this anxiety. So you've got emotional invalidation, you've got problem solving, jumping and trying to solve a problem way, way too early. And then you have, um, you know, 
defensiveness. So you can appease or you can justify or rationalize or excuse or apologize or any number of other types of defensive mechanisms that we use unconsciously with angry people. And the problem with those is that just makes the angry person angrier. And there's a whole biophysiological reason why that happens that we don't need to get into. But but the, the way we're set up is when we're really angry, we don't need to be, we don't want to be appeased. We don't want somebody to apologize. We don't want somebody to try to rationalize, justify, or excuse. And what we really need is to be deeply listened to. And and those are the three things that um the three common patterns that perpetuate and escalate conflict and fights and arguments. So I've been grinning the whole time you described that because in my own marriage, and I think we have a strong one, I at least I'm self-aware enough at this point to recognize that that is my go-to move, right? To fix right. the problem. And That's that right. is not the right answer. It will not work. Ignore the words, read the emotions, reflect back the emotions with the use statement. After that 90 seconds, you'll get a nod of the head. The speaker will say something like, yeah, or exactly. And then you'll see a dropping of the shoulders and a sigh of relief. These are the four involuntary physiological responses when you've de-escalated somebody. That's when you can problem solve. And then you go into it by saying, well, what do you think we should do about this? You don't offer to solve a problem. You open up a conversation about really a negotiation about how to go about solving the problem. But you never offer your own opinion. Wow. <laughs> so that takes some practice. <laughs> or it would for it, me. You know, it's just different. It's like riding a bike. It takes most of my students about four to six weeks of consistent practice to make this a habit. And once that makes it a habit, their life changes forever. It literally changes them forever. It's a foundational skill of life. So if you I mean, would help us get our arms around some terms like emotional intelligence, emotional competence. Are they right. the same? Do they complement each other? Are they wildly yeah. different? So, so emotional intelligence really defines two different things. It, it, there's a whole corporate uh, side of people who claim that they can teach you emotional intelligence. And uh, if you believe that, then I can sell you a bridge that I've got stashed here in uh, <laughs> central California. You cannot learn emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence is a test. It's like an IQ test. It's a social intelligence test, and you can't learn tests. What you can learn are the skills that the test assesses, and those are called, that's called emotional competency. And emotional competency consists of emotional self-awareness, emotional self-regulation, and cognitive empathy. Now, what I've learned over all the years working in maximum security prisons, training tens of thousands of inmates, these skills, and tens of thousands of people on the outside, too, is that when you learn cognitive empathy, which is basically, you know, ignore the words, read the emotions, reflect back the emotions with the use statement, that is the definition of cognitive empathy. You actually automatically, without effort, develop emotional self-awareness and emotional self-regulation. Your brain just reprograms itself. It's phenomenal to watch. And what's really, I, I, you know, it's, I know this is all hard to believe, but think about this. We've, we've had over 6,000 of our students in California, our incarcerated students, have been released on parole. We don't have one report of recidivism. Not one of our students wow. has reoffended coming out of prison. That's how powerful this stuff is. Now, is that the, the, the um, Prison of Peace project yeah, that I read about in my notes, is that what you're yeah. referring to? That's Prison of Peace. Yeah. 
Exactly. Man, that is impressive. That's got to be incredibly rewarding. Well, it is. And it's all based on the skills that we teach our incarcerated students. And they completely change as human beings. They literally change. In five, our, we see the change at about week five. They completely shift. Completely shift as human beings. Now, th- there's, this- not, there's not one of my students, including the worst gangbangers I've taught in Corcoran State Prison, which is one of the supermaxes in California, where I hmm. was teaching for three years, 100 feet from Charles Manson's cell. There's not one student that I've taught in prison that I wouldn't have at my dinner table. Man, that says a lot. This uh, this most recent book, uh, De-Escalate, is, is this some of what you cover in there? Tell us about that yeah. book, the structure of it, how to get the most out of it. Yeah, the book the book came about <laughs> as at the request of all my students in prison. They said, they knew I was an author because uh, I'd published my third book and you know about three years into the project, and we'd taken some of the material from my third book and put it into our curriculum. Um, and they asked me, "Could you please write a book?" that describes all this, that we can share it with our families because they, we need something for our families to learn. They, they can't understand why we're changing. So I wrote the book and uh, the book basically takes you through at a very high level, takes you through the science, what's the brain science that supports all of this. And then the rest of the book kind of sort of follows the arc of life. And we start with um, working with uh, children, small children, then pre-adolescence and then teenagers and how do you de-escalate a teenager for example and i just have a millions and not not millions but dozens of examples of the actual conversations that you could be having with somebody else so so it covers it covers child raising it covers relationships from dating to divorce it covers the workplace it covers schools uh, it every aspect of life i just take the common problems that we see and show you how to de-escalate the anger and the upset that occurs on a daily basis in, in those in those situations. It's a it's an easy read. I wrote it non-technically, uh, non-scholarly, so it's a very easy read, and it is um, a great place to start. Some people can learn from a book, which is great. You you if you if you're yeah. really good at reading a book and picking up ideas and implementing them, then that's all you need. Um, but the other thing I've done is I've learned that I've I do, of course, virtual and in-person workshops uh, for six. Usually the workshops are six to eight hours and we follow up for one week, weekly sessions, one hour each, because it's the follow-up where you really get the skills. And I have, I also put on online courses so people can go hmm. online. So there are a whole bunch of different ways that people can access this, this material and learn these skills. Um, and through all these different modalities, this is how I'm, my, my whole life is devoted to pushing this stuff out there because as you've observed, it's, it's just absolutely amazing how it can change families and communities and prisons. We, we teach a hundred men in a prison, how to do this within a year. The prison is completely a completely different place. Well, I mean, I can see immediately just from the brief exercise you walked me through right on air. I I mean, I felt heard. I I felt seen. I felt validated like like you're not you're not discounting me. And that's got to be worth a ton. Exactly. And that and what you just described, Stone, is the experience that every single person describes when they've been listened to. They feel validated. They feel heard. And they say, wow, you really get me. You really understand me. And that be that builds loyal. And not only does it de-escalate people, but it builds loyalty, trust, and intimacy. 
And if you want, if you're a leader, if you're a business leader, and you want to be a leader that everyone wants to follow, this is this is your go-to skill. You develop this skill and use it appropriately, and everybody will want to follow you. They'll be intensely loyal towards you in any organization. Yeah, I mean, I'm sensing that the use cases, if that's the right term for 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 this, are are virtually infinite. I, I mean, could we <laughs> teach right. it in schools? Could we could we teach yep, it in business I, schools? I or just spent, school? Yep, I'm I'm really working hard on trying to get this into schools. I just two weeks ago, I was in Indianapolis training 30 school principals uh, in the Indiana Le- uh, Principal Leadership Institute, and now I think I'm going to be working with the universe. Uh, let's see, Indiana State University. Uh, by School of Education. They're very interested in what I was teaching to those principals. Um, and I've got a page on my website devoted to showing school district, charter schools, schools and school districts, how what they can do to implement this at all levels from the school board, school board people having really tough times with angry parents coming in, disrupting meetings, <laughs> to superintendents, to principals, to teachers, and even how, how do you roll this out to parents? And I've got a whole program set up for for any at all different levels, depending upon the size of the project, for people to do this. It gets rid of discipline problems. Period. You don't have any more discipline problems in your classroom when you start implementing these 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 skills. If you're a teacher, they just go away, and the kids become intensely loyal towards you. It sounds to me like the work is probably just snowballing, but I'm going to ask anyway. I almost always do. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a guy like you? Like, how do you get to have a a conversation to entertain? I don't know, like the 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 board of superintendents or the leaders in companies. Well, you know, I face the same problem that every sole proprietor, solopreneur faces. You know, how do you how do you cut through the noise mm. in the world to get people to pay attention to you? And it's a slow slog. You do it one person at a time. So the Indiana work came as a result of a podcast interview I did with a guy by the name of Nate Regier, who does a wonderful podcast, and he's a he's a psychologist. And he finished the podcast and he called, he called, he he worked, he does teaches at this institute, and he called the the director of the institute and said, You got to get Doug Knoll out here. I mean, so it's all word of mouth. And the reason I do these podcasts, I do, I probably do 20 podcasts a month. The reason I do these wow. podcasts is, is because I'm trying to get the word out there that we have a better way of being with each other that works. It absolutely works. And the more people that hear, hear this and go to my website and learn what I'm doing, you know, the, the better, the faster we can change our communities and change our world. We don't have to deal, we're in a huge amount of anger right now, politically, socially, a huge amount of anger out there. And we, we don't have to live that way. We can get rid of that anger in ourselves and with the, all the people around us. We can have calm conversations with the politically polarized. We don't have to fight. We don't have to demonize. We just have to be willing to listen. Well, you're so right. I, I know there's a tremendous amount of, I would describe it as divisive energy here in the Southeast, you know, during this uh, political season there's there's got to be some hope with with some of what you're talking about yeah well there there is i think there is hope i mean there there is a clear path to finding to be to be able to be at peace with people even even though you may have strong disagreements on values or political beliefs or whatever you still can be civil with each other and the problem frankly the problem we have politically is that 
and it doesn't matter what your political beliefs are. We've got people who, who political people who now understand that the only re- way they can protect their power position and privilege is by by fear mongering and by getting people angry and by dividing people up. Mm-hmm. And that's that. So that's all we hear from these people is divisive language, because that's what gets the base riled up. They get emotional, they get angry and they they donate money and they vote. But that's a horrible way to run a country, especially a country that's supposed to be based on democratic values and, and civil discourse. Yeah. All right. Country. Where can our listeners get their hands on the on this book, the other books? What's a good way for them to connect with you? I want to leave them with some coordinates, whatever you feel like is appropriate. I just want to make it real easy for them to have a conversation with you or I, someone on your team or whatever you feel like is appropriate. Stone, I made a web page for everybody that's listening, only for only for the listeners of this podcast. Okay. And the link is Doug Noel, D-O-U-G-N-O-L dot C O slash Cherokee. And if you go to that, dougnoll.co, not com, co, slash Cherokee. If you go to that page, you can get a free ebook that describes everything that we've been talking about. You can buy my, a copy of my book, Deescalate. You can buy the Deescalate video course. And if you want to go further, you can buy the basic emotional competency course, which teaches you emotional competency. And these, these are the ways to get into it. And then, of course, if people want to reach out to me, my email address is Doug, D-O-U-G, at dougnoll.com, C-O-M, Doug at dougnoll.com. I'm a sole practitioner. I don't have a staff. I don't have an entourage. I answer all my own phone calls, <laughs> all my own emails. You know, I'm one of those guys. So, uh, and, and I'm happy to talk to anybody that's interested in learning more about this. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't sell this stuff. It sells itself. You either resonate with it or you don't. And I'm perfectly happy either way. Well, Doug, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show this afternoon, man. You're you're doing fantastic work. We sincerely appreciate you, and I can't thank you enough for investing the time and energy to to, to share your learnings and your insights with us, man. Well, well, Stone, thank you for having me, and I hope for everybody that's listening that you found that my ideas to to be of interest and and uh, check it out because it will change your life foundationally forever. It's amazing. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Doug Knoll, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.